You want your five star matches? You want your thirty minute classics? Not me. Big meaty man slapping me. Good ladies and gentlemen, this is the Slapping Me Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Randall Beatley. Let's jump into this thing. Um, so this uh, this this is uh, the weekend episode, of course, and so I, there's not a lot to talk about. Not a lot has happened, you know, since Wednesday. Um, of course, Friday the WWE draft. Um, Happened, and I'm going to do a draft review with WWE's draft um, next Wednesday. Once Monday happens, um, and 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 I'll, I'll grade the draft as a whole when the two days are complete. Um, and so I don't have any predictions. I don't necessarily know what's going to happen, um, and so. I, the hard thing with that is, is with the draft being on Friday. Um, so, so y'all are listening to this on, excuse me, on, on Saturday. I'm recording this about four, excuse me, three hours before SmackDown comes on, on Friday. I always record these early just to... You know, get them scheduled. That way I know for certain they will be uh, posted. Um, and so, you know, the hard thing with the WWE draft, and, and I'm not exactly certain what the reasoning was, but they put this draft on at the same time as the uh, the NFL draft which to me is more important um, as a as a sports fan, as a fan of football. Um, I and I, there is more importance to me in the NFL draft than a random changing of the rosters for for a TV show, right? Um, but also at the same time tonight, because my Boston Bruins don't know how to win in big games and finish off series when they should have been done. Uh, the Bruins are playing tonight, <laughs> so uh, I'm uh, I, I'm conflicted, right? There, there's that confliction there. Do I watch NFL draft, which is what I'm going to choose, and I'm going to flip between that and the Bruins? And SmackDown, unfortunately, takes you know third place, and and so with that, you know, I'm going to to utilize. Um. A lot of, you know, just watching clips of the draft for Friday. I, I might record it just to watch it, you know, later, um, you know, Friday, or excuse me, later Saturday or Sunday. I may do that. Um, and, and so I'm going to watch the draft 
you know, late because of other things that I feel is more important, which is which is bad. I feel it's bad for for WWE's ratings. I I I said this either last week or a couple shows ago. Um, I would have done the draft. Um, first off, I would have done it one day. I would have done. It sh- there's no reason why Monday, May first, why that that three hours just can't be your draft, right? I don't know. I, I j- there's no reason you can't justify it. I'm sure it's a network thing, but it's just stupid. There's no reason to drag this out, the roster change over essentially four days, because you get on SmackDown tonight, tonight Friday that I'm recording. You get you get the draft, and then you get you have to wait to finish the draft till four days later on Monday Night Raw, right? And, and to me, that's just insane. Um, so so that's next Wednesday. We'll talk about that. Um, what I want to talk about here, I want to I want to continue the conversation on the new title belt, and then talk about NXT. And then we'll end with the one must go. Okay, so let's let's dive into those two topics. So let's talk again about this new championship. The World Heavyweight Championship is back, and I don't again. I, I don't want my negativity towards the design of the belt to go towards the negativity of having the belt. I'm all for having this belt. What I was not for, and I, and, I, and is how it was promoted. And so, so my sort of mentality on this is if your title is defended every single week and you have a thousand title defenses, and I'm over-exaggerating to, to, to sort of emphasize my point, if you continuously in your title reign, you know, you defend it every single week, you may say, oh, hey, I got a fighting champion. To me, I see, well, then what's the point of watching the pay-per-view? Because to me, pay-per-views are supposed to be where the title matches happen. And then weekly television should be where the story to build up why you're fighting should happen. And that's the way I look at, at the world of wrestling. And so to have a title that's going to be defended, you know, numerous times, you know, a week potentially. You know, you know numerous times throughout the month. That's just crazy to me. It gives no meaning to an actual title match at a big event like, you know, SummerSlam or Money in the Bank, right? So say we crown this at Saudi Arabia. Are we going to defend it every week leading up to Money in the Bank? Because then what makes Money in the Bank that much more special? Are we going to defend it every week? Is it going to be like even every two weeks, right? That's that's kind of crazy to me, right? And... I just, I just feel that what Roman has done has made him a special attraction. And as to me, given the universal champion that had zero lineage, right, and had zero importance in the business, now you give it a thousand-day reign, and now there's some legitimacy behind this championship run. Right? Now, you know, you have people on the, the super... IWC side that are complaining, oh, this is a, a, consta- a, a constellation. That's not the right word. Uh, it's sort of like a, a you can't beat Roman. So we're, it's a participation trophy type type thing. A consol- consolation. I, I'm a little retarded, just, just to let y'all know. 
a consolation prize, you know, because you can't beat Roman here, we're going to give this to you, right? And, and I don't necessarily feel that that's what this is. I don't hate the idea of the champion being here. That brand, the brand opposite of Roman Reigns, needs a world champion. I just don't like the idea of having them defend it a lot, like of promoting it as being like you're going to have a fighting champion because Roman Reigns is a fighting champion. Now, he in this reign, he has been champion for 31 months. For 31 months as champion. And in those 31 months, he has defended it 28 times. Now, to some people, you know, one defense a month is not enough. To me, that makes him a fighting champion. If the rule used to be, you know, you have to defend it at least once every 30 days, Roman Reigns has done that in every month of his reign except for three. Right There was a time over the, the first two years of his reign where he was defending it every single month. There was a, right, there was a time where, I mean, I, I, his first like five or six title reigns, if I could remember correctly, were within like a three-month period. And to you, you hear 28 defenses in 31 months, and you say, oh, well, Bruno San Martino would defend it three, four times, sometimes a day. There, there would be weeks where he would, where Bruno would have like ten defenses, and I have to let you guys understand that the, the the wrestling industry at that time was completely different. Bruno was not champion, you know, in that reign, as, as to my best of my understanding, in a television era, he wasn't on TV, so he was he was defending at house shows. He was defending at you know and the a territory's belt multiple times because that is just that was how the business was but the business has at least to me has evolved and in the television era where you're on TV you can't have your champion be considered a big superstar while watering down their defenses and to me, having Roman Reigns have random matches every week does not benefit him. It doesn't benefit the title. Well, I'll be honest. If you go through his 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 title defenses, like the worst one, the one that I feel should not have happened was the one against Riddle. Because th- there was no reason for him that to defend that title on a random SmackDown. Right, Roman Reigns is such a big star. He's such a draw for the company. He should not be wrestling during the week. He right, he should be wrestling at the big events. Right, and if you look at Bruno, I'm, I'm not saying Bruno only defended at Madison Square Garden, but Bruno was such a name that a lot of his defenses were in Madison Square Garden on big cards because they really didn't have pay-per-view. Like, the the game has changed since Bruno was champion. The game has changed since the 70s, right? And even in the TV era, which started around 1984, even in that era, right, even since 1984, like, the game has changed. And, and, and so you have people in the IWC that complain that Roman, you know, hardly defends his title, which I would say is wrong because for the first two years of his reign, he was working. He was carrying the company for two years straight. 
And so he decides over the past 12 months, hey, I want to, you know, not defend every, every at useless events like backlash or money in the bank. But I'll go to your big shows like Clash at the Castle because that's a that's a, a special show, a European show. We hardly go to Europe. So, you know, I'll be there. I'll be at SummerSlam. I'll be at WrestleMania. I'll be at Survivor Series. But why should Roman why should Roman Reigns have to be at Money in the Bank? When the whole point of Money in the Bank's pay-per-view is to see who wins the briefcases. This is why Money in the Bank doesn't need a, a show for itself because the only thing that matters for Money in the Bank is the gimmick of Money in the Bank. We shouldn't have a whole card. We shouldn't have spend four hours sitting here watching, you know, six matches where the only ones that matter are the two ladder matches. Right? So the IWC sits here, Roman never defends his title. He never shows up. Well, you don't understand. First off, I feel a lot of them don't understand his gimmick of being he's not. He doesn't view the rest of the roster as relevant enough for him to show up. But I also think that a lot of people, you know, that they're so used to sort of the independent idea of independent wrestling where every show, the world title gets defended. And it's a completely different game. Or they're so used to, to random matchmaking from AEW where Tony Khan just does dream matches where his champion could be facing God knows who just because he thought it and, oh, this is the dream match. Right, Roman Reigns is such a special attraction. I don't want to see Roman Reigns wrestle on some random Monday or Friday. I want to see Roman Reigns at his best at the big event, at a WrestleMania, at a SummerSlam, at a, a Royal Rumble. I want to see Royal, Roman Reigns defending his title when it actually means something. And then you have people on the more casual side of the spectrum where I tend to find myself right? They are over here and a lot of them are, you know, they, they might have the ideology of, well, the titles don't mean anything because they're scripted. So the runs don't mean nothing. So a thousand days doesn't mean nothing. The lineage doesn't mean nothing because they're scripted. It's not like you earned it. It was given to you because it was written to you, right? And, and so I, I understand that point of view because it is scripted, right? But I do feel like a lot of wrestlers do earn their spot. I think that the best performers oftentimes in most companies, the best performers who give the best promos and put on the best matches often end up in positions of being champion. I do feel there are some companies where there is some politicking. I, I do feel like, it, you know, there are some companies where you know, being friends with the booker or, or, or with the guys who make decisions might give you more benefits. I do feel that there are, you know, politics based on, you know, it does, you know, creative like you more um, and that they're willing to book you. But I feel for the most part in every company, the best performers become champion. And so I, you do have to earn it, right? They're not going to give some newbie the title, right? You do have to earn it. Right. It's not just, you know, uh, it's not like me. I can't walk into a ring and the booker give me the title and people like and expect the, the fans to care about the title reign. Right. Because I, I'm not the best there. Right. It would be a waste of time, which is why people get upset when people who don't who haven't earned a title title shot. Right. So I, I'm in the middle. 
where I believe that like Roman Reigns has given legitimacy to the universal title, a championship that really needed legitimacy. But at the same time, he didn't he didn't earn it in a way of like he didn't go out there and actually beat everybody. But I but I like to live in sort of a kayfabe world when it comes to wrestling, right? When I talk about a show, I want to talk about the the world in that show, which is why I believe they need to keep the universal title. Everyone says Roman's going to go to one title and it's going to be the WWE title because it has the lineage and it's where all the history is. And I understand that, but they created the universal championship because we were called the WWE universe. And the idea is they want to give us, you know, just as Marvel has their own cinematic universe, WWE is trying to create a world within, uh, like a world, a universe within the, the a kayfabed world, which is what wrestling should be. This is what wrestling needs to be. Um, is is a TV show where we don't, which is why it irritates me in WWE and in uh like AEW or ROH or whatever any of these promotions when. When, especially in WWE, though, because they are trying to be entertainment, right? WWE should, should this is just my opinion, WWE should build a set that that has nothing, like, and, and never have any mentions of the world sort of on Earth. Like, the characters should be so outlandish that it's their own characters in their own universe, Right? And I even believe that WWE should go as far as creating like a, a Universal Studios type set where, you know, maybe you have a, a, an audience of fans that aren't actually like fans of wrestling, but sort of like paid actors who are in the crowd who, you know, for the TV show and then for the pay-per-views, then you have the real fans, there, right? The actual fans of the product. But the idea is, you know, WWE's trying to convince you. Like, everyone complains about them piping and sound. Well, they're trying to get a story across. And I don't think the IWC recognizes this. Because right? the IWC's philosophy is, is the, fans, the fans determine who gets over. Which is not true. Booking determines who gets over with how they're booking. Right? Booking determines who gets over. So if booking wants to get over Omos... They're going to do everything possible to get over Omos. And there's nothing we can really do about it. Right? So, I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. So, I really feel WWE needs to go down that path of, you know, we're our own universe. And so, keep the universal title because it's the universe's, the WWE universe's champion. Right, and, and, and try to keep out outside influences, right? Like, I understand why you would want to bring in Bad Bunny, right? But at the same time, like, don't reference, like, things of this dimension when, like, you are, right? For example, like, if I watch a show, like, my favorite show is, um, well, let's just use Marvel. Let's just use Marvel, right? Iron Man movies, you know, that, that doesn't exist in our world, it's its own universe, and it, some events may happen, you know, may be taken into our universe, but it's a whole story within its own universe, and so 
or like Transformers, right? It's its own universe of ideas. Or Star Wars. It's its own universe. Like, you won't see a Star Wars movie where they mention anything that happened in, in current events today. Because it's in a universe far, far away, right? Um, so, I feel WWE should entertain ideas like that. Um, and so, I'm not upset with the title. And, and the more I look at it, I understand the design. I understand why you would slap your logo the way you... But I just don't like the logo as it is with the globe on it. I just... it, just, it To me, it just looks clunky. I don't like it. I really don't. I think it... It's not the worst title they've ever made, but I I just feel like the best titles I, I've seen are like the UFC's titles. Every division... Every, so the men and the women have the same title. There's no unique title about it right and so like wwe should should go down the same path right and and i think the problem is is more so the logo that they decided to put on there i think wwe needs a word mark right i think they need a word mark logo because everyone would come in and be like oh you hate that wwe put the logo but AEW does it ufc does it roh does it you know, impact does it, and it's not the logo on the title that bothers me. It's the fact that the logo is ugly. WWE's logo is so clunky. I've never been a fan of their logo. They need a word mark, right? So I'm gonna go into like sports for a minute here. Um, but like the Patriots, I'm a Patriots fan. The Patriots have a logo that is an icon, right? And, and everyone's already picturing what the Patriots logo. If you're a sports fan, you know what the Patriots icon logo is. But they also have a wordmark logo that goes in the end zone. That is the logo, like if the Patriots created a, a title, that that would be the logo I would put across. I wouldn't put just the, the Patriot face, right? Or let's use another team. Let's think about, you know, let's go into another sport. Um... You know, if we go into basketball, right? You know, the Celtics have a logo. Everyone's picturing the Celtics logo, right? But they also have a word mark. And for most sports teams, you have your logo and then you have your word mark. And for most companies that use icon logos, they still have some form of word mark. I understand you want brand recognition, but when you use an icon type logo, and just slap it in the middle of the belt. It just doesn't look good to me. And if they they had a word, if they had a word mark, AEW's logo is is a word mark. And if they had a word mark logo where it's just WWE spelled out in stylized font, however they want to do it, and they put that in the middle of of all of their titles, I think it would look good. I think it would look really good. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Um. That that's just me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong, but I feel they need a word marked logo that could go on the titles and still keep the icon logo to put you know on posters and to put on you know advertising. But for the titles, if you just had like a word mark that would go, instead of having just the the logo in the middle, you can have WWE you know typed out across and then have you know World Heavyweight Champion sort of arched across the top. With the then put the name of the champion underneath. I think that would look good. S- sometimes simple is best. 
Sometimes simple is best. And you do that with every with every division, right? Here's your women's champion. Here's your intercontinental champion. Here's your U.S. champion. And maybe, you know, add, like, for the U.S. title, maybe you could put, like, a U.S. flag somewhere on it or an eagle or something that represents the U.S. And with the intercontinental champion, you could put, like, the globe or whatever, like, the on the title somewhere in design. You could be a little bit more unique in the designs, but sometimes simple is best. Right? And if you really want the WWE icon on the logo, I no, I, I don't know any fan that, I mean, at least for me, like, I don't think, you know, I don't care about the side plates. It's not a cool thing to me to see what the side plates look like for a champion. Some people care about it. I don't necessarily care. You could just slap two side plates on there with the WWE icon logo on it, and then on the face plate, put, you know, the name of the title, the name of the champion, and WWE, you know, word marked. And I think that would look so much better than what we have right now for all of the championships. That That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Um, but I think sometimes simple, I mean, a lot of people will say, well, that's too simple. Well, sometimes simple is just best. Um, right. And I, every, everyone's crying about sort of the nostalgia of getting the big gold belt back. And, and I don't see big gold when I see the new title. I just don't, I, I see the influences, but, but when I look at it, I don't think big gold. I just don't. Um, and so I don't hate the new title. I just... I just think that the way they promoted it through Triple H's promo and through the design of it, it, it really just it makes it look really secondary to me. It just in my opinion. Um, so let's move on. Let's talk about NXT. Because I think NXT is really slapped on it. I've said this numerous times, I will continue to say it. NXT is the best program on in, in wrestling right now. It's the best TV wrestling show we have right now. It's NXT, and it's completely slept on um, because people see it either as A, as developmental, and that developmental can't, you know, possibly be good, shit, <laughs> or people see it, you know, as, you know, th- you know, a third brand that, that pe- uh, but mostly I would say the excuse is that it's just because it's developmental, and, and people just don't like watching developmental, which I would completely understand. But there's just something special about these people. There, you, We got some talented people. WWE's future, if they go through these developmental people, I mean, you, it's so good. And I think a numerous, numerous of them are going to get called up during the draft. I don't know who. I'm not going to even make predictions. But I'm so excited for that, to see where that goes. But we have, you know, so much talent in NXT, and the stories are just so much better. The stories are so much better than anything else I've seen in wrestling currently. Right? There's a gimmick for everyone. Like, the, the big thing, and I don't know if it's Triple H helping with it or if Shawn Michaels in, is in full control, but the one thing that they've done is they've given each character a gimmick, and, the, and, and they're individual characters, and when, when they debut, we're, like, we're introduced to them outside of the arena so, for example, I'll use, like, Sol Ruka, right? Sol Ruka is, you know, we, we have character there. We have character development. You know, with Gigi Dolan right now, how they're telling her singles run about her and her brother and her uh, mother being abusive, right? 
even if that's not true, which I, I, I kind of hope it not is. I hope, I hope it's not a hundred percent true. Like, I, d- I feel like that would be a very uncomfortable story to tell if that was actually true, t- to be honest. But with that story, now you have a reason to care about G.D. Dolan. Right now you have a reason why you should side with her, and, and, and it makes J.C. Jane look even more like the bully that, that she's becoming, right? With Roxanne, we have a storyline. We have a reason why she's there. We have motivation, right? And... and you know, Tony D'Angelo and, and, and Stax Lorenzo and, and the family, right? We're doing business. This is for the family. There's, the, you know, the Italian mob type story, right? You, you have storyline for every single character that there is on TV. And that is why I love NXT. It's the, the programming so much better. The matches are good, sure. But for someone who doesn't care about matches... Right, there's just enough wrestling and just enough storytelling to keep me interested. Whereas I feel like Raw and SmackDown sort of drag along. I'm be completely honest; they just sort of drag along because for the most part, it just feels like it's just a bunch of wrestling matches. And outside of the Bloodline, we haven't really got much story to go along with it. Right, that actually made any sense. Um, and so I just wanted to give that short little pop to, to NXT. If you do not watch NXT. And if there's anything that I would recommend, like I would recommend, it's NXT. And while I'm on this path, um, I don't know where in, in the Discord uh, for the casual wrestling community, we somehow I don't know how the conversation started, but someone mentioned you know watching Women of Wrestling, and I watched the first. I uh, well, I'm halfway through the first episode. I had never resumed it um, when I was watching it, but I got busy and completely forgot about it. Um, but it just in that first half of an episode of women of wrestling. Now I think it's from like 2018, the first season. Um, but they, their care of developing characters and making you care for the character. There's a character on there called the beast, right? And that's the, her match is where I ended watching. It's about halfway through the first episode and her development, the, the, the story that they were telling with her as to why I should care about her is far more important. Like, I care more about her now. I have more reason to care for her than what WWE has done with the majority of their women's roster. Right? And and that's a shame, because WWE has some of the most talented women's wrestlers on the planet. And they're just not treating them with the respect that they deserve. And to be fair, they're not doing... They're doing the same with the men. They're really the only thing that we really have is the bloodline. And if you're not involved in the bloodline story, we really don't have that much character development. But it's especially true in the women's division. And it's sad when a, a all-women's promotion, when I walked, w- walked into watching it, I've had this preconceived notion that an all-women's wrestling promotion can't carry, it can't draw, it won't be successful. And, and while it's not to WWE's level, I think storyline-wise... I think it's better than WWE, at, from, at least from the half episode I've seen. It's given me a reason to care about it, and it's not focused solely on the in-ring work, but but giving me motivation for why these people are fighting. And so, pops to NXT, pops to Women of Wrestling. Y'all are doing great things. I don't. I think Women of Wrestling still going on. Um, you can watch their episodes on the CW app. I highly recommend you guys go and watch that. I'm probably going to be busy on some of my days off now watching women women of wrestling because 
I, when I was a hardcore fan, if you go back to my, you know, how I became a wrestling fan uh, episode or, when, you know, how long I've been a fan, basically, like my story there, you know, when I got into wrestling in 2014, I got real in. I was a super hardcore fan. And indie, independent women's wrestling was something that I was passionate about, right? I was looking up every independent women's match I could look up, right? And Santana Garrett, um, Priscilla Kelly, who is now Gigi Dolan, Priscilla Kelly, uh, Deanna Parasso, who is doing her thing in Impact right now. Um, there's just There was just a lot of, you know, currently now signed women's wrestlers who were independent at the time. And I would just look up all of their matches. And I enjoyed independent women's wrestling. And it's not getting the... Res- right? I still feel the, the same way I feel about for WWE. That you can have women who fight. But you can also have women who are just sexy. And that's why they're there. I think that still you can have both. Right? And you don't have to say, hey, you're a really good wrestler. But we want you to look sexy. Right? You can still say, hey, you're a really good wrestler. You'll be on this side of the women's division. And and well, you're a you're um you're Mandy Rose, and you're a, you're you look really good, and and you would be good on the cover of like WWE magazine, and uh, you know we want you to be on TV in a bikini every week, which is what they were doing with her anyway. I think that's fine, right? I think we could have both on the same product, but for the right w- women's independent wrestling needs a lot more support because most independent companies, right? And so I never really thought that. And a promotion completely surrounded around the premise of women's wrestling would draw. I just didn't see that drawing a massive crowd. And it, it, it's not like AEW or WWE numbers watch it. But I think it's it I I think it's sustainable if they book it correctly and give entertaining stories and and, and I think I think it's sustainable. I really do. Um and so I'm going to continue to watch it. I'm, I recommend you guys watch it. Just what I've watched so far of it. Big props. Big props for sure. Well, let's end this. I want to try to keep this episode a little bit short. Let's end this with one must go. And today, uh, one must go. Um, we're, we have four superstars. And, and I have them sort of in, in, in the era. So I'm, I'm starting with the sort of t- with the TV era of wrestling, right, which is the 80s. So the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and the 2010s. And so I was sitting here, I'm not doing 2020s because we're only three years into them, right? So I was sitting here thinking, what, who represents these eras, right? So for me, the 80s was easy. The 80s to me was Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan is the representation of wrestling in the 80s, right? So then we go to the 90s. And I was like, okay, there's a lot of people you can choose from. But the first thing that came to my mind was Bret Hart. Um, and so then for the 2000s, I immediately thought of Stone Cold because I, I grew up with Stone Cold and I grew up, you know, I was born in 97. So, so to me, like Stone Cold is 2000s. He's technically 90s. I understand that. But like Stone Cold Steve Austin, the character, you know, was very hot. The character of Stone Cold Steve Austin was very hot in like 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001. And then he really, and then he sort of got hurt. And so 
I'm going to use Stone Cold as representation of the 2000s. Second place was Triple H, and I probably should have gone with him and used Stone Cold for the 90s. I probably what I should have done looking back at it when I made this, when I made the flyer, right? But I'm going also with forced like mega stars, uh, right? And so, I mean, not that Triple H isn't a megastar, but I feel Stone Cold's of a, a different caliber than Triple H, right? And then the 2010s, I have John Cena, which probably also could have been like, because he was early 2000s as well. So Cena probably could have been, you know, in the 2010s, but I'm going to use him as, or excuse me, Cena probably could have been 2000s, but I'm going to use him because I feel like he was, you know, uber over in the 2010s. Right, and so those are our representations. We got Cena, Bret Hart, Stone Cold, and Hulk Hogan. And so, so the question is, who's going and who? Like when you eliminate them, you eliminate their entire history and what they mean to the business. So we're gonna go through this. We're gonna go with Hulk Hogan. We'll start with Hulk Hogan. You can't get rid of Hulk Hogan here for one simple reason, right? You can't get rid of Hulk Hogan for one simple reason. Without Hulk Hogan. The industry we know of as professional wrestling would not exist in the way that we know it today. Hulk Hogan, to me, is the most influential person in the wrestling business ever. I'm not going to debate that. You can have your a differing opinion, that's fine. But Hulk Hogan, as a character, I don't care what you think about Terry Bollea, because there's going to be some, some, some people who, who hear this, or people who might who might hear this, or people who might see this, who might be well. Well, Terry Bollea was a racist, and and and, and I'm not going to sit here and defend Terry Bollea, but Hulk Hogan, you can't delete Hulk Hogan because the industry does not exist without Hulk Hogan. He's the most influential character to ever be in this company or in this industry. The industry literally probably dies without Hulk Hogan. When he beat Iron Sheik. At Madison Square Garden to become world champion, that was the beginning of what we now know as professional wrestling. Without that moment, I don't believe that wrestling exists. I just don't. I don't believe that the industry survives through the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s without Hulk Hogan because Hulk Hogan gave it mainstream press. And without the mainstream press, you don't get to the 90s. And you damn sure don't get through where you were getting your ass kicked by well, by WCW. right? And, and wrestling doesn't get through as an industry doesn't get through it when it was at a lull in the 90s where it almost died. right? But thank God, again, Hulk Hogan sort of saved it by, by, by making wrestling when he became Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And he became a bad guy and he sort of saved it again. I believe Hulk Hogan does not, I think he gets the praise he deserves, but I feel so many people because of the guy playing the character, Terry Bollea, is an ass wipe. Uh, I feel so many people don't like Hulk Hogan and would immediately discredit Hulk Hogan because of the way Terry Bollea has acted. But Hulk Hogan as the character, you can't get rid of him. All right, so let's go to the other end of the spectrum with John Cena. Well, you can't get rid of John Cena. You, you, you just can't get rid of what John Cena has done in this industry. You can't get rid of it. 
what he's meant to this generation of... Uh, he is this generation's Hulk Hogan. He is the reason why so many young kids who are now in their 20s and 30s have watched wrestling as long as they have. And he, when you say John Cena, right, he is one of the first names you think of when WWE is mentioned. Right? And so Hulk Hogan and Cena, from a mainstream aspect, you can't get rid... They're, they're, those are the two main pillars right you have hulk hogan on this side Cena on the other side and they're holding up the building known as pro wrestling they are pillars of this industry you can't get rid of either one of them or the whole fucking thing collapses right so then you have austin and bret hart right so that now it becomes uh, who do you like better do you right who do you value better and who are you willing to get rid of and i'm not willing to get rid of the two, three, four, five years of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm just, I just, I just, Bret Hart is not that good to me. I feel Bret Hart is severely overrated in the praise that he gets. He was great in the ring, sure. But, but I don't think Bret Hart was as influential to the industry as someone like Stone Cold was. Stone Cold made it cool to be anti-establishment. Right? And and, and, and he, Stone Cold is the face of, like, an entire generation of, like, rebels. And that's just completely cool to me. And it just, he, grew, he was, like, the first guy that I represent wrestling with. Is Stone Cold. Right? And, and if we're going on, like, Mount Rushmore... The only one on this list that's not on my wrestling Mount Rushmore is Bret Hart. My wrestling Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore means four people, right? My wrestling Mount Rushmore is Hogan, Cena, Stone Cold, and Ric Flair. Now, I would represent Ric Flair more as a 70s, early 80s guy in terms of sort of when he was the primary guy in that era, right? But the 80s is made up of Hogan. He is the guy. Right. Now, Ric Flair spans time, and as long as he's alive, Ric Flair is going to be a name people recognize, and even past his death. And right, and I wouldn't get rid of Flair, but I wouldn't get rid of Stone Cold. I wouldn't get rid of Cena. I wouldn't get rid of Flair. I, and we damn sure don't get rid of Hogan. Do I agree with Hogan as, as, as with Terry Bollea and his behavior? Fuck no. But I'm not going to get rid of Hulk Hogan. Because the actor playing him is a douchebag. I'm just not. And so many people can't differentiate character from the person playing the character. And it's only in this industry. Because, you know, right, people will, you know, if Keanu Reeves turns out to be a fucking douchebag, which he's not. He, from everything I've seen about him, Keanu Reeves seems like the, the best dude in Hollywood. Right? But if he turned out to be a douchebag, no one's going to say, well, I'm not going to watch John Wick anymore. John Wick doesn't deserve the... No, they're going to take the blame out on Keanu Reeves. So why can't we do the same thing with Hulk Hogan and say, hey, look, I don't like Terry Bollea, but Hulk Hogan is important to the industry, right? Why, why can't we... Why can't we do that? Now, it's different different with someone like Cena, but even then, like, on-TV Cena's different than off-TV Cena. In terms of, like, on-TV Cena's playing whatever gimmick. 
right? When he's off TV, he might be different because he's not playing that gimmick. Even though he has, you know, right. Which is also why I don't, I don't like when people use their real names in wrestling. I, that's just a big thing to me. I, I don't like when you use your actual birth name as your, as your wrestling name because it does become harder to recognize there is a difference between character and real life, right? And so Hulk Hogan is, is, a, is a, an uber good guy, right? Terry Balea, douchebag. And it's easy to differentiate between that, right? So there's that. I, you have to get rid of Bret Hart. To me, that's the easiest one. I'm doing some some layups for you guys. Like these are easy ones. The ones that I've been doing here for one must go. Like that's an easy one. Bret Hart has to be the one. I would not be disappointed if Bret Hart's history was completely erased from the industry. And there's going to be a lot of people who are in the industry, or a lot of people who are like hardcore, like ring technician guys, who would get mad at that, and they would probably get rid of Hogan or 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 Cena. But I'm sorry, for the importance to, of their characters to the industry, they are pillars. You get rid of Cena or Hogan, the whole damn industry collapses. I, 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 that's, that's my honest belief. If right Without Hogan and without Cena, there is no wrestling today. I, I honestly believe that. I honestly believe it. And, and they have the same qualities. They were able to not only be attracted, or, or not only to attract adult fans, but... The, but their characters reach the kids, which is what WWE wanted to do. Because the, the mindset is if you bring the kids to the arenas, the parents have to come with them. Right? And, and, and that's a marketing strategy I believe is really good. Because it guarantees you years of, of, of fanship. Right? How many of you started out as a fan... When you were five, six, seven, eight, nine years old, right, and now you're fans for life because you were a child when you became a fan, right? That that's that's most fans, and so it's good to 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 market towards the kids. And someone like Hogan and someone like Cena, they are pillars of this industry because they did just that, right? And they became mainstream characters. You can't get rid of them, and I just personally don't feel like you should you should get rid of Stone Cold because his meaning to the industry, even in his short run as Stone Cold Steve Austin, is more important to the industry to me than what Bret Hart has ever done for the industry. And that's not disrespecting Bret Hart. Bret Hart's done a lot of great things, but but he could disappear from history out of these four, and 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 I I would not care to be honest with you. I just wouldn't care. Right? Austin, Austin, as well as, you know, Rock and Triple H and some of, of the other guys, it, is not, it wasn't just Austin, but Austin was a super big reason why the Attitude Era won over, you know, what WCW was doing at the time. Right? Let me know what y'all think. I would love to hear your answers. Again, you could join the conversation in the Casual Wrestling Community Discord. You can find the link to join at the Casual Wrestling Community YouTube page run by Notorious Nerdy D. Click one of his newer videos, watch it, like it, subscribe to it first, then find the, the link in the description. Join the, the, the conversation here. Some really cool people. And, uh, yeah, thank you all for, for listening, and I will see you on the next episode.